Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Thanks for downloading today's podcast. It's Wednesday, January the 13th, and we're going to start by talking about those pictures that have been shared thousands of times on social media of food provisions given to families who qualify for free school meals. Now, the hampers are being given out while those children do homeschooling because schools are closed due to lockdown. The ones shared, which you might have seen on Twitter and Facebook, show just a loaf of bread, a tin of beans, three yogurt tubes, a bit of dried pasta, and a few bits of rather dodgy looking fruit and veg. Well, today, the Education Secretary has insisted they will not be tolerated and catering firms have been ordered to make improvements. Well, the My Kent family editor, Lauren Abbott, saw those photos, so headed out with a £30 budget to see what she could get for her two children. And I tried to do that shop, taking into account the government guidelines, which are there for anybody trying to provide um, these free school meal substitutes, which is things like um, not giving families a bunch of food that needs a lot of fridge or freezer space, um, healthy lunches that must stretch across a week to 10 days and last in terms of quality, food that won't go out of date or go off, and potential meals that must not rely on families having additional ingredients at home. It's got to be a complete meal um, that can be prepared from the ingredients sent in the box. And also, um, a package that can cater for children with varying dietary needs. So I did my best with that. Well, it's fair to say Lauren bought an awful lot more than has been provided to families and you can see a picture of her shop at Kent Online. I think it's a really difficult time for families and for parents. It's a really difficult time for anybody, a third lockdown. But if you have got young children at home and you've got money worries, you're concerned about employment or you don't have a job or you're, you're worried about holding on to a job, and you've got time pressures, pressures of homeschool, um, pressures of making ends meet, and you've got kids who are hungry, um, struggling to concentrate and to learn, then this is a real strain. And these are families who, in any other time, their children would be really adequately fed and watered and cared for at lunchtime through their school. Um, And I think if these food parcels exist and they're and they're to the budget of 23 or £30, pound, then they should have in them food that meets the nutritional value, that is of good enough quality and will last a week to 10 days and will go some way into taking a little bit of the strain of feeding two children or one child or however many you've got that are entitled to, to free school meals, you know, one meal a day for a week or two. Um, and that's the least that we can do. And I think if we are going to go down the route of doing that, then it needs to be done properly. You can let us know what you think about the story and if the government are going far enough to try and sort out the issue by commenting at kentonline.co.uk or via our social media. Staying with home learning and there are concerns not enough laptops have been provided to disadvantaged pupils in Kent studying at home while schools remain closed. The government's issued 3,500 and also 400 4G routers to students in the county who've been struggling with their home Wi-Fi connections. County councillors are calling for more to be given, though, as figures show more than 200,000 are learning remotely and not everyone is able to access them. Latest figures show a slight drop in coronavirus cases in Kent in the first seven days of January. About 14,200 people tested positive in the week to last Thursday. That's down 6%. 29 more COVID deaths were recorded in the county yesterday, though, and infection rates remain well above the national average. Kent Online News. 
Staying with COVID news, and a Kent MP has been quizzing the minister in charge of the rollout of the vaccine. It's unclear at the moment just how many people in Kent have had the jab so far, and some GPs have told us they're not getting supplies quickly enough. Well, Tunbridge Wells MP Greg Clark heads up the Commons Science and Technology Committee. He's been questioning Nadim Zahawi. Here's what happened. Let's talk about the, um, the volumes and the delivery. We've heard from AstraZeneca that's uh, opening up. Um, so how many are you expecting next week? So we're not releasing week by week figures, and you will understand why when I hopefully explain. First of all, uh, there is a, a series of tests that batches that are manufactured go through by the manufacturer. The manufacturer carries out a series of tests. Uh, you've probably read about things like sterility tests and other tests as well. Then there is a uh, test by the regulator, which is again a batch test at the end of that process for quality control. Batches could move week by week because a batch may fail and then another batch comes through. So it would be, I think, misleading uh, uh, this committee in the House to sort of say, oh, this is what, what we're getting this week, because they actually do move around and it's part of the supply chain challenge that we have. As you would standing up any, you know, Phil Prosser well, said it's, it's the equivalent to standing up a supermarket chain sure. in a month and Absolutely. then growing it by 20% every second. week. We just heard from Mr Keith Roach that actually he's, he said, I think to quote him, he's got uh, very high visibility on what he's supplying. That is now stabilised, as you know. Uh, you have the numbers because uh, they've been given uh, to you. Uh, he suggested that um, he's been told not to give them because it's a matter of national security. Can um, explain a bit, a bit about that? Yeah, so I would also just remind you uh, uh, Chairman, I also said we've got clear line of sight till the end of February already, yeah. which is really good news. Mm. We are saying that we've got you know, millions coming through uh, in this week and next and, the, and next month. Millions, and the month after. millions next week. Well, in 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 every week, uh, we're going to move forward to hit the the 15 million target by mid February. We have to have clear millions. line of sight. Well, well, well I tell you why. I tell you why. So, so the vaccine starts. I think are right on this, and I've had this discussion with the officials dealing with this. It's not so much uh, only security, and they didn't just talk about national security, it's a security matter as to where deliveries come into and how they then are uh, uh, effectively distributed to the deployment infrastructure. I'm asking which um, surgery they're going no. to so that they might be hijacked on the way, just for the national no, no. total. So, so, so as of in seven days' time, uh, the NHS will, will absolutely begin to uh, share data at um, a local level. We're going to do a data cut on Thursday on regional level as to how many people have been vaccinated. But as of uh, uh, seven days' time, a week's time roughly, um, Simon Stevens, I think, uh, uh, before uh, another committee confirmed that they will be sharing more data at local level so that MPs and, of course, local government, uh, who are doing a tremendous job in this endeavour, uh, can begin to see uh, where deliveries are so that everyone can actually understand you know, when they're getting, the more time I can give to a primary care network uh, to plan ahead, uh, the better the outcome. So the, the, the supply team's focus is very much on making sure we give as much time as possible. Difficult in the early days, gets better as we move through the process, gets even easier in, in, in the weeks to come. So it's not about wanting to withhold information from a committee. 
It's hoped a new coronavirus vaccination centre could open at Lyd Airport on Romney Marsh next week. Plans to transform the site are thought to be in the final stages. The Civic Centre in Folkestone is also expected to start offering jabs by next week. Thieves have targeted the cars of staff at a Kent hospital who've been caring for coronavirus patients. Four members of staff at Darrant Valley and Dartford left work on Monday to find catalytic converters have been stripped from their vehicles. It's emerged that police issued 30 fines for lockdown breaches in Kent at the weekend, which included people hugging and kissing each other after a house party. Officers also found people trying to cross the channel, failing to socially distance and making unnecessary trips into the county from places like Essex and Lancashire. A former Kent police officer, meantime, says current ones need more powers to enforce lockdown rules, which he thinks also need to be made clearer. There has been some confusion over if we can travel to exercise and, indeed, if we can, how far we can actually go. Prime Minister Boris Johnson was criticised for travelling seven miles from home to go for a bike ride at the weekend. Well, Ashley Clark is now a councillor in Seasalter. He's been speaking to Phil from our colleagues at KMTV. Well, I think it's a complete mess. If you're asking the police to enforce the law, then you've got to make it absolutely clear, not only to the public, but also to the police, what they can and what they can't enforce. Uh, we've got a curious mismatch between uh, guidance and and the law, and uh, uh, people are, are 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 confused. But I mean, one of the biggest examples is, for example, how far can you go to travel? We've had this at the moment, and again, it is completely unenforceable. We've got a poor example from the prime minister at the top, who goes seven miles to go on a bike ride when you can just go straight out your front door and go for a ride a bike anywhere. Um, but at the end of the day, it would have been far, far easier if right from the outset, as the Welsh did at the last um, lockdown, they imposed a five-mile limit. Well, if you impose a five-mile radius or a ten-mile radius, that's fine. That's good. That's enforceable because people know how far they can go. But at the moment, only last week, we had Derbyshire police with... Uh, uh, people who were five mo- who'd driven five miles to go for for exercise that was regarded by most as unreasonable. Um, but uh, no, we can't have a situation of total nebulosity and, and nebulosity, and that's what we've got at the moment. Obviously, going forwards, you know, you've got more of a personal outlook on this as well. Not only being formally uh, of the police, but also in Whitstable, a lot of there've been pictures um, over the weekend of a lot of people flocking down to the coast for their exercise, and you you don't want these people in your town. Well, at the end of the day, if we've got local people here who are sticking to the rules, and then when they see hordes coming down at the weekend, um, and we've got a lot of narrow alleyways that get to the beach, and the, so the two-meter distance rule goes out. People are naturally concerned, particularly when people are coming from areas of high infection into Whitstable. They're queuing up, they're right outside chip shops and that, forcing local people into the road. People are getting upset and they're coming to me and they're complaining about it. Uh, And uh, things need to be done. This is serious. And uh, at the end of the day, take for example the Second World War. In five years, we lost 60,000 people killed due to enemy action. That's civilians. We've lost 80,000 
in just 10 months. That's how serious this is and uh, it needs to be dealt with and dealt with properly, not heartedly. I suppose on the front of police powers, you know, going shopping as I have, and I'm sure you have as well, you've seen people out not wearing the mask and just kind of nipping in, grabbing something, maybe just kind of shirt over the mouth. But, but police say that actually you can't enforce this in supermarkets. Do you think actually police need greater powers to do on-the-spot fines, greater uh, powers of entry as well? I mean, just to talk about the specifics of the powers. Well, people, police need powers to be able to find people on the spot if they're not wearing a mask in a situation when they need to, be, need to wear a mask. Shops should uh, refuse entry and the police should support them in this. And I know there's been controversy about police powers of entry, but how can you enforce gatherings inside houses if you don't have, as a backup, um, that power of entry? It's all very well saying, oh, we don't need it, it's going over the top. And in the majority of cases, you don't need it. But when you come up against the awkward brigade, those people who will abuse the law, you need to be able to deal with them properly. And it's going to happen very, very rarely. But if you're asking the police to do a job, you need to give them the tools to do that job. And that simply has not been done. You might remember we spoke to the police and crime commissioner last week. He said that giving officers the right to force their way into people's homes would be a step too far. And finally, a GoFundMe page has been set up for the family of an Ashford mum who died from coronavirus at the age of 36. Rachel Trott passed away on New Year's Eve just three months after starting her dream job with the NHS. So far, more than £3,000 has been donated to help support her partner and three children. Kent Online reports. Some other top stories for you today and health workers have been giving more evidence about phone calls they received from a Margate mum three weeks before she killed her twin toddlers. Samantha Ford is serving 10 years for the manslaughter of Jake and Chloe on Boxing Day in 2018. An inquest into their deaths has heard how she made calls to an emergency NHS hotline, but staff didn't feel there was an immediate risk to her children. The hearing is continuing. Work to build Britain's biggest solar farm between Faversham and Whitstable is due to begin later this year. £450 million is being spent on Cleve Hill Solar Park in Graveney, which will have 880,000 panels. Developers want to start construction in the spring, but it's now expected to be later towards the end of the year instead, with plans for it to become operational in 2023. Asylum seekers living at a Kent military facility have gone on a hunger strike and are sleeping outdoors in protest at conditions there. Dozens of people stood outside the gates of Napier Barracks in Folkestone yesterday to raise awareness of safety concerns, including difficulty in social distancing. The Home Office has previously insisted people are staying in a safe, Covid-compliant environment. There are calls for more people in Kent to consider becoming a Childline volunteer as they deal with an increasing number of calls from young people. The service delivered more than 50,000 counselling sessions between April and December with loneliness during lockdown a major issue. A stained glass window removed from a church near Sittingbourne during the Second World War is now finally being reinstalled. It was taken out from St Peter and St Paul in Borden more than 70 years ago to keep it safe. 
putting it back is costing the parish £30,000. You can see a picture of it at kentonline.co.uk. And how do you fancy becoming the UK's first bison ranger? Well, Kent Wildlife Trust have teamed up with the Wildwood Trust as part of a conservation project to introduce a wild herd of Europe's largest land mammal to Bleen Woods near Canterbury. The rangers will be responsible for looking after the animals and monitoring visitor interactions. Kent Online Sport. Cricket and Kent Zach Crawley is in the England squad as they make final preparations for their first test match against Sri Lanka. He scored big in the past and will be hoping to be near the top of England's batting order. They might have to do without Moen Ali though, who has coronavirus. Play is due to get underway in the early hours of tomorrow, our time. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can subscribe to the IM News app. That will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. To do it, just head to subsaver.co. UK. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.